Um, what I wanted to say is that uh, you guys have been supporting us from the very beginning. So Todd, thank you so much. And thanks to the board and to all of you because we're there because of you. And what, what, is, what are some of the good things that happen because of that? I want to tell you about one guy that I had a chance to meet in April. His name is Kirush. Kirush, or Cyrus, is an Iraqi. And uh, I met him when I was teaching a course in a school in southern Germany that's connected to the Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee, believe it or not. And uh, I, I was teaching at this European theological seminary for a week and kept having great opportunities to sit with this, this young man, Kirush. Well, why is he so interesting? Well, his brother was one of those, uh, you know, guys that gets himself all suited up with uh, uh, explosives, and uh, uh, he walked into the middle of a crowd, and he blew himself up, and he killed a whole pile of people along with them, because Kirush was raised in one of those really, really uh, fundamentalist, jihadist-type uh, Muslim families. Uh, his next older brother was thrown into prison, and, and in prison, he hung himself. And Kirush found himself in Germany. And seven years ago, Jesus Christ arrested his life. And, and, and Kirush became a follower of Jesus. And I got to tell you, I don't know how many more passionate people I have met than this guy. He is just on fire. He wants everybody to know. He, he wants Muslims to know. And he wants uh, European, uh, once upon a time, were Christians to know. He wants everybody to know about Jesus. And there he is being trained. And here's my opportunity to spend a week with this guy and to, to pour into him a little bit of leadership and a little bit of, 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 of deepened spirituality and a little bit of theology to form who he's going to be as a leader. And I gotta tell you, there's nothing that excites me more than to have the chance to pour into a guy like Kiddush. So thank you for allowing us to do that. Okay, well, I came to preach, and so that's what we're gonna do. And uh, I wanna preach uh, my, my sermon title, Watch Me Burn. How many of you can remember something that you failed at in life? Anybody here remember something that you failed at? Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming there are hands up out there. Because, because for me, the first big failure of my life was in grade seven, when Mr. Gravel failed me in health. I think the semester was on personal hygiene. <laughs> and, and I've spent the rest of my life wondering if I smell bad. You know what I mean? So it's an embarrassment to get failed in personal hygiene, I think. Anyway, uh, another embarrassment in my life, another failure in my life was when I went to the University of Western Ontario in London, Ontario. Now you need to understand, I'm a, I'm a boy from Trois-Rivières, Quebec. And London, Ontario was about as far as the universe could go, I imagined. I thought, beyond this, there be dragons, you know. So, so London, I went as far from home as I could go, and I, I just immersed myself in drugs and alcohol and screwed up my life. And thank God Jesus saved me at the end of that time. But when I came home, I mean, I come from an immigrant family. It's not possible to flunk out of university. I mean, it was shame, shame the walk of shame, the family of shame. It was awful. It, a terrible thing to fail. 
in life. And there's nothing that can suck your passion worse than failure. Passion is what keeps us growing. It's what keeps us going. Passion, focus, purpose, these are the things that give meaning to your day-to-day life. And so today I want to talk to you a little about a guy who's one of my heroes. His name is John Wesley. And, and maybe you know this guy. Um, I mean, perhaps you do and perhaps you don't. But, but he's considered the founder of one of the great branches of Protestant Christianity, Methodism. And, and Pentecostals, like it or not, we have our roots in Methodism. And, and so Wesley really is a great hero for me. And, and the reason why you may know him and not, say, John Fletcher or Thomas Koch is because not only was Wesley a great evangelist, he was an unbelievably gifted administrator. He was an organizer. He was a, a manager. And he changed the world through those gifts. Well, you say, how? How did he do it? I'll tell you how. He did it with passionate, burning love. I mean, at the heart of Wesley's message was the message of, of perfect love controlling the Christian. Perfect love motivating the believer. And, and, and Wesley was driven, uh, probably among all the verses of the Bible, by the great commandment. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. But at 34 years of age, John Wesley was a failure. He was a failed student, a failed priest, a failed missionary. He'd just returned in shame from Georgia in the United States, uh, a new colony uh, Savannah, the, the, the capital of that colony, uh, where the governor had invited him to come and to preach to the Indians, but Wesley managed to offend everybody. He offended his congregation, he offended the colonists, he offended everybody, and finally they were going to put him in jail, and Wesley fled. Uh, uh, he, was, he was about to go into court for, for some charge, and he fled uh, Georgia and went back to England. And it was at a meeting of the Moravians in Aldersgate Street in London, after he returned a failure again, that Wesley listened to a reading of Martin Luther's preface to the Romans. And in his words, his heart was strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for my salvation. And, and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. Something happened to John Wesley in Aldersgate Street. It changed his entire life, and it changed the direction of history. At the time of his death, 54 years later, uh, after 54 years of active ministry, Wesley left behind him nearly 75,000 Methodists in the United Kingdom. He traveled over 250,000 miles in ministry, and that's just in the United Kingdom. <laughs> and he, he preached over 200, uh, I'm sorry, over 40,000 sermons in that time. 
His last words to those at his bedside spoke a truth that characterized his entire ministry. The best of all is God is with us. So what made a difference in John Wesley's life and ministry? There's a story told about Wesley um, that, 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 that says when he was asked about the success of his ministry, he replied, well, it's simple. <laughs> I set myself on fire and people come from miles around to watch me burn. You gotta love those words. Now, now, we have no record of Wesley actually saying these words, but, but they appear so true to the character of his ministry. People come to watch me burn. Let me tell you something. If you learn to live a passionate life, if you learn to live a life that is set on fire, People are drawn like moths to the flame. People are drawn to that kind of a life. People are attracted by a person who's passionate. So, so today, I want to just say, here's a man whose central doctrine was perfect love. And, and everything he did, everything he said, Wesley held himself accountable to perfectly loving God and perfectly loving his neighbor. Now, he did it very imperfectly. And he'd be the first guy to admit that. And yet, strained through his obsessive, compulsive personality, that love manifested itself in an incredible ministry. Passion and focus drove Wesley. That's why, whether he actually said it or not, he lived a watch-me-burn life. And so what does it mean for Wesley, and what does it mean for you and me? Watch me burn. I want to talk about loving God as the power of a focused life. Living for one thing. Now, let's get back to that greatest of commandments. Mark 12, 30, I think, puts it as simply as any. Uh, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. That's what Moses told the children of Israel. You remember? As they were about to cross uh, the, the Jordan River into the land of promise, Moses leaves these words with the children of Israel. He says, he says you, 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 what is it that God is looking for anyway? And, 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 and let me just sum it up for you, people. What do you think Jehovah wants from you? Real simple. How many people know the answer? Everything. Can you say that with me? What does, Je what does Jesus want from you? Everything. Everything. All your heart. All your soul. All your mind. All your strength. The whole enchilada. He wants every part of your existence. And that's also the heart of the gospel. All-consuming love for God. And what that does, guys, listen to me. When you love God this way, when you and I aspire to this kind of passionate embrace of Jesus, it creates a fully integrated life. Every part of my life starts to now make sense because it's, it's drawn and, 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 and it's motivated. It's, 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 it exists within this framework. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. 
Everything is oriented in one direction to one purpose. And I got to tell you, that's a beautiful thing in and of itself. And it's an attractive thing. People like to come and see someone burn. Some of the most amazing, effective, and impressive people in history have been these people. Uh, Steve Jobs was, I think, perhaps one of the great design geniuses, one of the great marketing geniuses in the world. And, and uh, uh, back in, in, in uh, the, the early 90s, I think it was the early 90s, he, he, he put together this commercial. I want you to take a look at it because it really captures something of what I want to say. So watch this. Here's to the crazy ones. The misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them, because they change things. They push the human race forward. While some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. You ever feel like a misfit? You ever feel like somebody labeled you troublemaker? Round peg in a square hole? Did you ever feel like you were one of the crazy ones? Guess what, guys? They're the only people that make a difference. They're the people that change the world. So what does, a, what does a, a focused life do? And how does it contribute to getting people to the table? And, and what makes it so attractive? I want to give you three quick points and then I'm done. First of all, a focused life is possessed by one burning desire. Now, we live in an incredibly scattered age. I mean, there's more than 10,000 ways to keep yourself distracted in this world. Do you remember back in the old days when if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, they had to dial a a seven-digit number, 3751403. And if you happened to be in the house and you heard that old black clunky telephone ring, then you could talk to somebody that wasn't immediately present with you. Do you remember? How many of you remember? You guys don't, I see, you don't remember that. Because today, I mean, I live in a world where there's 10,000 ways for me to be gotten in touch with. And it's amazing how terribly that works, especially if you're on Manitoulin Island. I mean, no internet? I don't know what to do. And, 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 but we're so easily distracted with so many things. Most people don't really know what they want in life. They want more money. They want more fun. They want more stuff. They want bigger experiences, better experiences. But there's something really refreshing about a person who knows exactly what they want. 
and goes for it. David was one of those people. One thing have I asked of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Oh, that's so beautiful. An integrated life that, that invites people to watch them burn with passion. It's a life that desires one thing. David says there's just one thing he wants. David, you're a king. You're a warrior. You're a statesman. What do you want from life? This one thing I desire. I desire to be in the presence of God. I desire to, to spend time in the temple of God. I desire to inquire and at the face of God. I want to be with Jesus. This kind of burning desire creates something else that I think is very powerful. I think that a focused life expresses a passionate simplicity. Now, today, multitasking is one of those buzzwords in, in business lingo, you know? It's, it's, uh, it's kind of like the normal life can be a very hectic life. And let's face it, for some of us, life is a very, very complicated thing. We, we, we have so many uh, mixed goals and so many interests and so many pursuits. It's hard to say, uh, it's hard to say no to anything and to say yes to everything. You know, I mean, uh, we, we, we do this all the time. Now, now, you remember Martha? Martha and her sister Mary who were hosting Jesus in their beautiful Bethany condo? And in the troubled, busy situation that Martha was facing, you know, uh, uh, running in and out of the kitchen, uh, putting food on the island, uh, you know, trying to get people sitting and, and, and make everybody happy and... and all the craziness that she was going through, uh, it's little wonder that she was hoping just maybe her sister Mary would get off her, uh, en français, derrière, uh, and, 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 and kind of help a little bit. But when she complained to Jesus, well, the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, I've often thought that Martha's gotten a raw deal. You know, like here she is doing all the work, here she is making all the ministry happen, and, and Mary, oh, she's just sitting at Jesus' feet. But Jesus says, Mary understands something that Martha has forgotten in the midst of her busyness. How many of you often find yourself so worried and upset over what seem to be crucial details that you miss the main event? Anybody like that? Hey, eh? get so hung up on so many things, I miss what's really important. 
You know, since we've been on the mission field, Eileen and I fly back and forth. We fly here, there, everywhere in Europe, and, and, and we, we come home often enough. And, and, and Eileen is all about getting to the gate, getting to the place where we're going to get onto the plane. She's all about that. And, 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 and like until she's gotten to the gate, she doesn't want to hear anything else about anything else. That's where she's going. Me. Like, we're here. We've got three stinking hours here. Like, I'm all about the bookstore. I, 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 I want to stop at the bookstore. Hey, why don't we have a coffee or, or stop for a meal? Um, why don't we enjoy the airport? <laughs> As if that was possible. <laughs> Eileen is relentless. And sometimes we fight about this. Sometimes, you know, uh, you know, if, 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 we're, if we're in uh, uh, Spain, I'd like to stop and have a little paella somewhere, you know? But she wants to get to the gate. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I want, just, just let me stop long enough to, to taste the culture. But she's got to get to the gate. I think there's stuff to see, magazines to thumb. Everything, especially in different countries, food to enjoy, a butter-filled pretzel in Stuttgart, or, or a crepe in Gay Paris. But no, we got to get to the gate. Well, when I'm alone, when Eileen's not with me, I don't go to the gate. When Eileen's not with me, I stop and enjoy everything along the way. And yes, I hear her voice in my head. And I love just saying, shut up. I mean, it just makes me feel so good to enjoy. The, you know what? what? Why do we have to get to the gate all the time? Now, I have to be honest with you. I have missed a flight or two. <laughs> and, and a train connection. Or three. You, you got to remember, the reason you came to the airport was to take the plane. Not, not like me. I, I, my reason for coming to the airport is run for the plane. <laughs> People who know what they're about are so attractive because they know that their lives have that kind of simplicity that puts the emphasis exactly where it belongs. It's the... It's the, the wisdom of, of bare essentials. It's, it's the wisdom of Solomon when he proposed cutting the baby in half. It's the courage of Churchill to stand uh, uh, alone against Nazi Germany when everybody was saying peace in our time and Churchill was the only one that said wars on the horizon. It's the simplicity that says, I don't need to make a decision every week about whether I'll go to church or whether I'll pay my tithe or whether I'll deal plainly with people because I made one big decision that covered all those things uh, uh, years ago, weeks ago, months ago. I decided to follow Jesus and following Jesus means this is going to happen and that's going to happen. It's going to orient my life in a, in a myriad of ways because the big thing that I decided was whatever I'm doing, I'm following Christ. There's something healthy about that. There's something just plain right about that. 
But perhaps the most attractive thing about a fully integrated life is that it demonstrates, a focused life demonstrates a blazing intensity. I mean, these are the moments we live for, aren't they? How many of you got on the Raptors bandwagon? Eh? Come on. I don't even know what the Raptors are, but I thought it was a good idea, you know? <laughs> like, 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 don't we live for these moments? The moments of intensity? Moments when we are all in? When we're fully committed? When we've figured out how to set the extraneous things aside and the sin that so easily besets us, Hebrews says, and we're giving all our attention, all our energy, all that we are to the race that's set before us, to the one thing that really matters. Paul says, I focus on this one Thing. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what's ahead, I press on to, to, the end of the, uh, to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you are a Christ follower, there is a call on your life. It's not just pastors that are called. You are called. And God is calling you to something magnificent. And, 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 and it's so magnificent, it's worth setting other things aside for it. Forget about the past. Strain toward the prize. Paul was Christianity's greatest theologian. He was a well-traveled missionary. He was an evangelist, a church planter, a pastor, and a, a district superintendent, if you will. In fact, over half the literature in the library that we call the New Testament was penned by the Apostle Paul. What didn't he do? And yet amazingly, if you asked Paul, if you look at Paul, he would say he was a specialist in singleness of purpose. Paul, Paul. I mean, how do you do all these various things and, 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 stay, and stay focused? Paul was acutely focused with dogged determination to do one thing, to press on, to reach the mark, to gain the prize. And he accomplished it because all of the many things he was doing were aiming with laser-like intensity at the one thing his life was about. It's like the Olympic athlete. And you ask her, what is it you're looking for? What is it you want? And she says, I want that gold medal. That's what I want. I want that gold medal. And, 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 and yet you see her swimming in the morning. And, and then you, 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 you happen to, to be down at the track and you see her running the track. Uh, uh, the next day you, you, you go into the gym and you see her doing weights. And, 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 and you're thinking to yourself, What's this all about? And then, and then in the afternoon, you're, you're walking in the park and you find her lying at the base of a tree reading Khalil Gibran. You say, what, 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 what? I thought you wanted the gold medal. How are you going to get a gold medal doing all these things? And she says, well, I run for endurance. 
I swim for upper body strength. I do my weights to tone the muscles. I read to rest and to focus my mind. I do all these things so I can be a better player on that basketball team, so I can be a better swimmer, so that we can win gold. So the question I want to ask you this morning is this. I know that you're scattered. I know that your life is busy. How many people here have kids? Hello? Already, it's a losing game, right? How many people here are kids? Uh Ah, got parents to worry about. You know, I get it. I get it that, that your life has so many, a thousand points. Guess what? Can you connect the dots in your life so that together they point to Jesus? Can you connect the various things that you're spending your energy for so that when you connect the dots, it looks like Jesus? Can you do it with laser-like intensity? Hudson Taylor, that great missionary to China, pronounced, I am willing to go anywhere as long as it is forward, onward, and Christward. Oh, you gotta like that. All of which brings us back to John Wesley. Preacher, teacher, evangelist, revivalist, theologian, and administrator. How can you do so many scattered things? How do you you go in 17 directions at the same time? He says, I want to love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all myself, my strength. I just set myself on fire for Christ and people come to watch me burn. So here's the question for the morning. Hey, how's your burning passion quotient? How are you doing about being passionate for one thing? What holds you back? I mean, what's not to love about this Jesus? Love for Jesus is entirely deserved. He's infinitely worthy of being loved. He's perfectly lovely. He's loved not in spite of what he is, but he is loved because of all he is. Timothy Keller puts it this way. He says, Jesus cannot be just liked. His claims make us either kill him or crown him. So which one are you doing? Are you crowning Jesus or are you killing him day by day? I love the way John Piper puts it. He says, love for him is a response to beauty and greatness and glory. It's desiring him because he is infinitely desirable. It's admiring him because he is infinitely admirable. It's treasuring him because he is infinitely valuable. It's enjoying him because he is infinitely enjoyable. It's being satisfied with all that he is because he is infinitely satisfying. It's the reflex of the awakened and newborn human soul to all that is true and good and beautiful embodied in Jesus. Is there a possibility that as you connect the disparate dots of your life, is there a possibility
that as you, as you meditate on and reach out to and, and experience Jesus, that if we just toss, tossed a match onto your life, we could watch you burn. Would you pray with me? Lord, one of the terrible lies about preaching is that we preach so much better than we live. God, I want to be that man. I want to be that guy. I want it to be possible that if somebody tossed a match onto me, I would explode with passion. God, help us to not give in to the inertia of stuff, but to keep ourselves passionately focused on our calling, on our mission, on what you created us for. In Jesus' name, amen.